and they would just choose a medium and a medium and a medium. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, every call was a medium. I was like, again, <laughs> did really well. There was so much chemistry on this phone call, Peter. It was like a love fest on the phone. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? A moment of vulnerability where the walls come down and they open up to you, tell you the truth, that you can finally identify who's a fit or not. That became my whole unlock the game trust by selling uh, approach over the last 20 years, that, that concept. They don't say, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you as well. So they don't try and build a fake relationship with you. They say to you, where does it hurt? Stepping into it, not hiding behind it. And that takes you being courageous and being bold to close the own gap in your own self that's holding you back from your own success. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited and happy that you're here with me today. As you know by now is that my number one goal is to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to go after their dreams. If you're new to the show, this is what I'm about. I'm a former martial artist, athlete. I still do martial arts. I think it's a lifestyle. It's about how you show up in the world. And just to level up and give more, I, I get to meet with, with these incredible people that share so open-heartedly. And, and today's guest uh, is, is a pretty awesome dude, you know, and we're, we're traveling all the way to Australia to meet with Ari Gulper. Uh, he's just a super, super cool guy in in the sales industry. And uh, he's the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. He's done a lot. He's written several books and helping people just to, to unlock their game. So welcome Ari Galper to the I Love Success podcast. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, so first off, how does an American end up in Australia? Yeah, I know you hear the accent. You wonder, it doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> uh, I met my wife on a dating site 20 years ago. She's from Sydney, was working in Los Angeles. We actually met in California online. Yeah. And we started dating there. And she said, come out to visit my family over here. So I came out here and we got engaged. And then uh, the story behind it, we ended up moving over here. We've been here for like uh, 20 years now. Awesome. So how how is uh, life in Sydney? I mean, I, I, I love California. But when I went to Sydney, it was all, it felt almost like California, but people don't have uh, uh, the same uh, drive to do something all the time. They're more chill, more relaxed. Is is that an accurate assessment? That's very good. It's like a it's like a chilled Los Angeles without without the intensity. So it's like you're right. It's a California breezy kind of lifestyle. Um, still ambitious, but just less intense i guess you could say you're right and that's what's i enjoy the most about it because um it's similar to how i grew up in san diego awesome that's cool and you're you're close to bondi beach right yeah uh, an area called vaucluse which is right on the peninsula here it's a beautiful place and near the opera house and I've been here before and uh yeah so far so good Awesome. And how, how's Australia doing right now? Because it feels like the world is opening up more and more. And then Australia is, is are you guys completely locked down now or what's going on? We had a setback. Uh, we didn't have enough um, vaccines. So there's a big, huge gap. And uh, the Delta variant kind of took off. But here in Sydney, right, we came out of lockdown actually yesterday. Oh, wow. So, so 
So it's a big deal. Everyone's out again and uh, looking forward to the future. Other other states are still struggling with it, but they'll be out soon. So hopefully we're on the outer edge of this uh, and catching up with everybody else. You're you're on the right track. That's awesome. Exactly. How, uh, if we just talk about a little bit about you and when did you find out that you're good at sales and why did that even interest you? Well, my first job uh, at a university was actually uh, selling uh, door-to-door where I, I sold certificates for car repair uh, in Seattle, actually. And uh, it was like a little stamped grid booklet you got and you purchase it and you went to a local um, auto repair shop and they stamped it and it was a coupon for oil change. And that was really very basic, but <laughs> I wanted to learn how to do that. Yeah. And uh, so I had an interest in that that area and I had a mentor and a coach and he taught me how to do that really well. Then my next job from there was selling advertising in a little mini, back then it was a mini yellow pages. It went in your glove compartment. It was called the cellular yellow pages. We had, there was no internet back then in terms of like, Google. I've done that too. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's one hilarious. of my first sales job. Yeah. Cool. That was mine too. So I had a territory in Seattle at the time. And um, I ended up becoming the top successful person because I had this idea I came up with. And before I went to go visit a uh, business, what I do is I go to their yellow pages ad, the normal yellow pages. I grab the ad and I construct that on a document and a piece of paper in three different sizes. I have a large, medium and small boxes. And then I, I walk into the business and I'd say, we're opening a new book in the area. It's a mini yellow pages, looks like this, gave them a sample. And uh, wanted to see if you want to give it a try. I'd recommend start with one and see how it goes. And I pulled out the sheet of paper that had their ad on it. It had three sizes, like a pizza. I'd say, there's a small, medium and large. And here's your ad, how it looked. Feel free to choose which one you'd like to tr- try. And they would just choose a medium and a medium and a medium. And I was like, wow, every call was a medium. I was like, <laughs> again, did really well. <laughs> That's awesome. And speaking of choices, what, why do you think if you give people a couple of choices, why do they always choose something? Well, I think it's either a yes or no, or I'll choose one of the options. And so um, that's why I tested that. It worked really well. And to this day, it's, it's also an option to use that. But I think if you give people options and choices to, to solve a problem that they want or to give it a try, it's easier for them to choose one of the options versus saying no. Yeah. And uh, so you started with that. Then uh, at some point, you're, you met your wife. And how, how, how was it when you decided to move to to Australia, kind of starting over, right? Like where, yeah. where were you in your career at that point? And did you have to take a couple of step backs in order to move, move forward? On the personal side, two things was part of that decision or triggered that. One was uh, we had our first son, Toby, after we were married uh, in California. And after a couple of days after we were born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first we'd know what it meant to our lives and we realized we had a gift on our hands. And if you know someone that has Down syndrome, you know they're very special people. They're very loving. They're very transparent. They have no hidden agenda. They're just beautiful people. And uh, he impacted me so much. I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby, How to Be uh, Center Your Personal Business Life. Yeah, there it is. So we decided to give him, I had a small family where I was at. She had a large family in Sydney. So I decided to give him more support. And we decided together to pack everything up we had and move over here too, because my wife has three cousins and nephews and sisters nearby. So that we're bringing them up here. 
and he's doing great. But he's impacted my whole trust-based approach around integrity, uh, full, uh, openness, and no hidden agenda. And the other big trigger was what happened to me in my job at the time I was out there. After that other job, I, I became a sales manager in a software company. Yeah. And we, we launched the first online website tracking software, track website behavior. And a story happened to me that triggered this whole movement that I created in my move over here as well. Do you want me to share that story as well? Yeah, sure. Sure. So uh, we I was the managing at the time 18 salespeople. And we launched the software for tracking website data. And um, the big opportunities came across my desk. And this one lead came across my desk. And I gave him a call back. Great conversation. Uh, big company and lots of websites. So if they bought our services, it'd be a huge sale for the company. So he agreed to a conference call and a live demo on a Friday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Never forget it. And I was in the conference room with my, with my director. And I closed her behind me. Big, long conference table and a conference t- a phone in the middle of the table. I hit the dial tone and I called the number. He picks it up and he says, hey, Ari. I said, hey, how's it going? And uh, he says to me, let us tell you who's in the room with us today. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. Next thing I hear is my name is Michael. I'm, I'm CEO. I was like, whoa, this is a good person, CEO. My name is Julie. I'm head of global marketing. Even better. My name is Michael. I'm head of IT. Amazing. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker, right? Like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. So I just introduced myself, described what we do, then gave them a live demo over the web of our product on their website, showing them how it all works to collect all the information. And I started showing this to them and I started hearing these noise on the phone call, like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. This is fantastic. We love it. They started asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? And of course I had all the answers. I was competent. I was. I knew how to respond, and I was doing my thing. There was so much chemistry on this phone call, Peter. It was like a love fest on the phone. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it just felt so right. You know, it was an amazing call. And a call comes to a close, and my contacted me, Ari. This is great. We love it. Give us a call a couple of weeks. Follow up with us, and we'll move this forward. I was like, oh, my goodness. So I took my hand and I reached for the speakerphone and the off button. And com- by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other. <laughs> and a small click happened. And a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Yeah. Listen to the call. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales and business. And they thought I hung up the phone. Yeah. And they started talking amongst themselves. So it's not a trick question. What would you imagine they would have said after a call like that? What would you expect them to say? I mean, I, I think uh, it. this is one of the things that we have in, in sales where either they're excited or there's, they're not congruent at all with how the conversation went. Well, I'll tell you, of all the indications they gave me, it was pretty positive. Yeah. And what I expected to hear were pretty good things. But let me share with you what I heard verbatim, word for word, I'll never forget it. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. Yeah. I could not believe it. I hit the off button, a little wall, and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was professional. I was competent. I met their needs. And the first big epiphany he made, that was this, that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth yeah. to people who sell, yeah. right? It's okay to say things like, sounds good, 
send me information. We're definitely interested. Wait, send me a proposal without any intention of what? Buying. Yeah. Buying. And I said, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And I asked myself, why were they afraid to just tell me the truth? I'd be okay with that. And I realized what's happening is there's a game going on where the people who are buying uh, have the sense of pressure that we, when we sell to somebody and when their pressure's up, they, they don't tell you the truth. And I realized if I can shift the whole uh, industry mindset around letting go of the sale and focus only on deep trust with people, a moment of vulnerability where the walls come down and they open up to you, tell you the truth, then you can finally identify who's a fit or not. That became my whole unlock the game trust by selling uh, approach over the last 20 years, that, that concept. I love that story. And I want to talk more about that. But first, I want to go and and, and talk a little bit more about your son, Toby. And sure. like, how, how did that affect you at, at that point when you, when you have you have a son, son and you, you, you hear this new, well, news? Like, what's the first thing that goes through your mind and your feelings at that point? Well, first, we were very shocked. We didn't know, expect it. We didn't know how to handle it. We just had no idea uh what the next steps would be we just didn't know how to comprehend um that our son had down syndrome and we just sort of over the next couple of days just sort of processed it in our mind and we realized that god has given us a beautiful child we have to embrace and accept whatever we have coming our way and then we made that mindset shift in our own mind we just embraced him and he has been learned so much from him. He has been such a role model for myself, our family, and our clients. And he's he 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 is who we need to become. We need to be this way with people, and especially in business. Yeah. Honest, transparent, caring about people, not having a hidden agenda. Why can't we do that in sales? Because we are so conditioned the old way that we think sales is supposed to be. Yeah. And I I always go back to you know being a martial artist and coming in with character and I always when you when you're honest and when you you have the ability to truly be that everything goes much better even in business Don't, wouldn't you agree Absolutely you have to have the right mindset you have to enter the process with someone where you actually are caring more about them than yourself and that's the hard part, make that switch because we're so trained by the old sales gurus to focus on the sale, which is our goal. Yeah. But Toby has taught us, and it's embedded in my, in my program and my approach, that your goal is to be centered, let go of the next step, and be present. So present with the other person that you can focus in on their problem, almost like a doctor-patient relationship where you diagnose their problem and they sense that you actually understand and care about them. That's the missing link, I believe, in, in deep trust. And I'm curious when when you started this and you went when you started going out and and telling companies about this process and meeting with them. What was their their res, initial response to that? And and if it was negative, how did you overcome that? Well, it's still there. Still is a lot of disbelief that it's possible to make the sale without focusing on the sale. It sounds almost ironic in itself. How can you do that? Yeah. How can you make the sale without trying to move it towards the sale? If, if, you, if you know the martial arts, what you do, I used to do Aikido. 
Yeah. And if you know Aikido, if someone attacks you, it comes at you, you don't resist the, re you don't resist that you blend with their energy to diffuse the, the, the attack. So hopefully no one at the end gets hurt, but it's the same concept here. What we teach in our process is when you get resistance coming your way in your sales process, you don't try to overcome it. You diffuse it and re-engage again. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really the key to making this work. And once you, as long as you have an open mind, willing to learn and willing to let go of what you're holding on from the past, that's how you become successful at this. Yeah. And how, how did you deal with, with the disbelief? Well, I, I decided to focus only on people who are open-minded, who aren't closed-minded. I shifted my market rather than going to big, big companies that are very entrenched in their old model, which is play the numbers game. You know, it's all based on activity. I focus on businesses and companies and entrepreneurs and advisors who are trust-based, who have a longer sales cycle, low volume, high price point, who need to build trust first. And those are the people who really understand this who are most successful with it. Yeah. I'm in real estate. And I mean, um, the biggest problem real estate agents have is that people don't trust them. And right. usually rightfully so, because most people, not only real estate agents, most people in life, they don't do what they say they're going to do, right? Uh, that's why we have the same New Year's resolution every every uh, darn year coming at again and again. So, I mean, it's it's pretty normal. Most people actually don't do exactly what they say they're going to do. So how do we how do we build trust in if you're in sales or if you just want to have better relationships, because I, I used to have some friends, they never, never showed up on time. They never said, they never did what they say they were going to do. And after a while, it's like, this is relationship is not meaningful. Yeah. Well, there's two levels here. One level is integrity. Integrity is showing up and doing the right thing. I assume that people in real estate, most of the people who are in your group have integrity. Like they're, they're, they're good people. The next level from there is once you have the integrity, the question is how do you transfer and create trust with somebody in a conversation with them? Yeah. And the way you do that is you don't sell yourself. You focus only in on the problem you want to help them solve. And that's not easy when you were conditioned to want to sell our services, promote ourselves and try and win over somebody else because we're trying to get what we need. And the way we teach this, we have, I'm working on a new book coming out next year called The One Call Sale, where you can basically build enough trust with somebody in one conversation. So they choose you over someone else, not because you have a better service or product or because your commission is lower, but because of the way that you are handling and engaging with them in a trust-based manner. It's, uh, it's so interesting because it all comes down, you know, the people that I meet on my podcast, it all comes down to service, right? And service to others and genuinely be okay with walking away if it's not the best thing for your client or, or the person you're meeting. But there must be more to that than, than just, uh, you know, focusing on sales. You, you need to evolve as a whole human being, right? In order to be that person. Uh, and how do, how do you work with people in order for them to actually become that, that person that it comes, comes natural to just be honest, have integrity and actually thinking of service? 
Well, I, I work with them one-on-one with people to shift their thinking around the concept of not the sale anymore, but focus on what I call fit, on the fit concept, where your goal is to see if you are fit with the other person or not, meaning you're the one selecting them. They aren't selecting you. That's a real reversal because we're so used to being shopped around yeah. by customers. You know, why should I choose you? Why better somebody else? And then we defend ourselves, right? We fight or flight because we're so used to being what I having carrying what I call sales armor on. Yeah. We protect ourselves from the battle. So what I do is I work with people to help them understand there's a way to engage other people without the the, the battle. And we do that through what we call trust-based languaging. So I invented my own languaging approach that is not scripted, but natural languaging that penetrates that wall and creates instant trust right away. And if you want, I can give you an example of that at some point. Yes, please, please. Yeah, let's do it okay. now. Yeah. All right. Let, let, let's say you're on the phone with somebody, uh, an opportunity, a prospect, and it's a first conversation with them. Yeah. And the call is going, well, good opportunity, good chemistry, call comes to a close. Normally, we say to somebody, what? And then we call like that. We say, what? We say, how about we move forward or we meet together or how about we, 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 we were trained to move people where to the next step forward towards a sale. Right. Yeah. But what can happen if you try and move somebody forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there at the beginning of the process? Trust. Exactly. So same scenario, our mindset and our approach cause going well, good chemistry, good opportunity call comes to a close right? And saying, Hey, how about we move forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? Now, how does that change the dynamic of the moment? I mean, it puts all of the power into the, into the client that you're actually helping. Yep. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? Usually they're in a state of shock. Yeah. They can't believe somebody in business would actually ask them what they want to do. Because we're they're so used to being pulled down a sales process where they put their guard up. Now it's a whole battle. And usually they say things like, Well, I, I've got one more question. Or what about this? Well, you know what comes out? The truth. Yeah. And that's the goal. Yeah. So the goal is to have the right languaging to elicit the truth of people early in the cycle, so you're not end up chasing what I call ghosts. People show interest and you keep pursuing them and chasing them and they don't call you back and now you're playing the numbers game. Yeah, love that. I'm curious, Ari, how, how, how has it been to be an immigrant in Australia and trying to build your business and uh, what challenges have you faced and, and how did you overcome them? Well, I think for me, it was cultural. You know, I, from the U.S., I, I came very formal, you know, like I remember my first seminar, I sort of wore a suit and a tie and yeah. everybody came in jeans and <laughs> casual clothes. So this is not going to work. And I just had to kind of loosen myself up, I think, over time, Yeah, uh, which I have now. But uh, that was probably the, back then, what the, the biggest sort of constraint was, I think. Yeah. What else has been hard? Um, well, I think... Mostly, this is obviously a very Western country, so it wasn't 
difficult for me at all to 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 get connected here with people. So it hasn't been hard for me actually. It's been very successful, and I run the whole business here virtually, half U.S. and half here. So it's not a problem. That's awesome. And when when did you feel because you've done this for many years now? When when how long does it t- take to get the momentum going? Because there's a lot of listeners here. They're like they want to get started with something and and yeah. we're talking here for sometimes it sounds like you just started but you've done this almost all your life so can yeah. you just share like how do you get momentum or like what are some of the challenges people that are building their business uh, are going to face and and how how can they deal with them well look it it it, it depends how open minded you are you know if you really are holding on to what you think you know and you're all good to go it'll be hard but within 90 days you can make a, a massive breakthrough in your business because whatever you're doing in your business, you have to sell something, whether it's yourself or your solution. And if you're doing it in the way people define selling to be from the, back from the past, you're going to hit a wall. The world has changed in the last couple of years, especially with COVID. People are very sensitive to anything, any situation where they feel like they're being sold. So you're going to have to, if, as long as you want to shift your thinking and then adapt our languaging, you can get results right away. Like, if you, like example, if, if, if you listen to this right now, tomorrow on your next call with somebody after your first call, just say to them, where do you think we should go from here? And watch what happens. You'll get an instant change on their reaction. Make sure you lower your voice than that. You're not too you know, aggressive. But uh, if you can make some quick, quick changes, quick results, once you feel the power of that, then it motivates you to speed things up from there. And uh, what has your your story and what you're teaching, what has that been inspired from? What are the people that have uh, helped you in your life to level up and, and get the knowledge that you have? Well, my father influenced me quite a bit as well. He was a psychologist. And um, he used to always say to me, Ari, and he was very contrarian in his thinking because my, my views are very contrarian. They're opposite of everyone else that they would teach selling, of course. And so he always used to tell me, if the crowds go in this direction, Ari, make sure you go the opposite. Always go the opposite of the majority in terms of thinking, because that's where the innovation is. And this approach is innovating your company because you it's we're in a world now of commoditization. A real estate agent is a real estate agent, is real estate agent. The, the, the customer can't discern between you over anybody else. So for you to try and say, I'm better, I'm the best, I've around longest. They're not going to believe that they don't care about that. What they care about is, are you treating them a different and unique way? So you can, this, this sort of approach is innovation in terms of trust building. And what are some of the, the books that you have read that change and impacted your life? Well, one recently has impacted me is, um, Tim Grover wrote relentless. If you know, Tim Grover, he wrote, he was the coach with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, an amazing book. Also, Perry Marshall wrote a book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing. It's influenced me a lot in terms of my thinking to really drill down on the actual problem that I solve. Those those two books are pretty powerful. They are. And if, if you like Relentless, you should read his new book, Winning. Um, incredible sure. book. Yeah. And uh, so how, how has the, your business changed in the past two years or 20 months since COVID happened, did that affect your business? Did you have to pivot or uh, can you just share a little bit about that? Well, for us, it hasn't changed, but what has changed is the number of people coming our way. We had a huge spike 
and entrepreneurs, business owners coming our way because they realize what was working for them before isn't working now anymore. And why is that? How, how the market changed. Because what changed was the customer. Yeah. No longer does the customer want to be pitched to or sold to. And if they are sold to, they'll drag you down a road you don't want to go. And, and sales started plateauing for lots of people. And so we've been able to turn things around for lots of people who are open to not changing their offer, but changing their approach. What I do a lot is I have my clients record their, their, their sales conversations. And they play the recording for me. And I stop the tape, like like uh, in, a, in, a, you know, in a, an athlete's uh, video watching the football being thrown. And I catch them so many times unconsciously, jumping in too quickly, making the offer too fast, not listening enough, not doing what I call going down the iceberg, unpacking their problem and amplifying it and asking them this question, is this a priority for you to solve or not? So a lot of it lies within ourselves and the sale is, I discovered is lost or made inside the actual conversation. That's where the subconscious is happening and we're still making mistakes there. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think the whole the whole world is changing. And I was listening to a speech last week with uh, Seth Godin. He, he's like a lot of people in a lot of industries, they're just clerks, especially for example, in, in real estate. And the whole, everything is changing because the consumer wants to work with somebody that they can trust, somebody that, are willing to listen and and can be spoken about in that sense because when you truly care about other people that will be something to be spoken about right i think people care about people yeah. i just don't think they know how to deliver that message very well because they're so used to the idea of selling the old way yeah and and what's your what's your mission and 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 vision for for your company and and what you do and why is this even important to you? Well, my, what drives me, what has drives me for the last twenty years, even today, is helping build more trust in the world. I mean, what we're talking about here isn't just about selling. Like you said it earlier, it's trust based communication. I recently had someone call me who said, "Ari, you you saved my marriage." I was like, "What? What do you mean?" Well, my wife and I are about to get divorced. After working with your materials, I realized I was the problem. I wasn't listening well enough. I wasn't understanding her issues well enough. I was assuming certain things in the conversation. I was taking over in my mind what I shouldn't have done, which causes a breakdown and get divorced. I changed my approach to a trust-based approach like you teach. And now we're, we're, we're happily together again because I was the problem. And so this approach that I teach and in my books and my materials applies to any relationship you have. And uh, when do people come to you? Do they come to you when they're good and want to become better or usually when there's there's a plateau and they're like on the downhill? Usually when they are they have enough leads coming in like opportunities. Yeah. But they're converting less and less over time. Like I'll say how many leads you get this month. They said I got 20 and how many did you convert? Two. I said what happened the other 18? Yeah. Well, they weren't qualified. How many weren't qualified? Five. Okay. Of the 13. Where are the rest? Well, I don't know. Well, that's that's what you just lost every month because of your approach. So yeah. the opportunity is for the business owners or people who have who have leads somewhere or having phone conversations, but are not converting them into a new client. That's where the opportunity is for everybody. 
And uh, where are you seeing your company go? And like, wh- what's your what's your big dream for your company and what you're doing and working with? Well, my my big plan is the launch behind my book coming next year called The One Call Sale, which is to go global and help thousands of businesses all over the world realize they don't have to subject themselves to chasing people anymore in the sales process and dehumanizing themselves. And really, I mean, imagine the amount of money being lost every year by companies and people who just lose a sale, not because of the mismatch of product, like because of their approach. If I can make a difference economically in people's lives, that's my goal, to help them be successful. I mean, I, I love this subject because I always try to go back. To, even my yoga teacher said, kindness is magic, right? And when, you, when you're truly kind and, and, and not because being kind to get the sale, because we can all, we all, we all been to a, a shop or met somebody that they're, so, they're complimenting you, they're so kind, but you feel that it's not real. Uh, but when you meet those people that are real and truly wants to help you and they're, their, their ability to convey that it's amazing. It's just such a great experience. And, and I look in my life, I, I work on that every day to become that person yeah. and to, to be able to articulate it in, in a good way. Uh, so what do you want to say to people that have been doing, doing their business one way? And, and, and I know you can, you can probably become pretty successful by being the shark, but I don't believe it gives you happiness and you know peace of mind or you can go the way of being more listening and caring and you're probably going to have for me at least i sleep much better and i feel much better about myself uh, so can you just share like those two challenges that people have they're like no the whole industry say you have to be a shark you know the other and then you hear something like this like no be kind and, 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 and actually listen and you'll, you'll do better. And, and, and well, I'll, I'll expand what you're trying to say there. Yeah. It's not about being kind. It's about being authentic. Yeah. And, and being successful and authenticity aren't mutually exclusive. You can be authentic in yourself and have an approach that feels right for you. And on top of that, blow your numbers out every month and every year. You don't have to give up your authenticity and play the sales game to earn a living. And if you're already doing well on your own, the old way, that's fine. You continue doing that. But what you don't realize is how much you're losing along the way because of the approach. So once you recognize that all the change starts here within yourself, if you're open-minded, then there's nothing holding you back. And what is the challenge, do you think, for for people that, why do you think, a lot of people are not open to this. Well, I think it's ego. I think it's, I've been around for 20 years in this business and I know more than anybody else and I know how to sell and I've been around long enough. It's it's sort of that small thinking where, you you know, I learned from Richard Branson said to me and myself and my group when he came out here, he said, you know, successful people are the ones who are willing to let go of what they think they already know and keep growing. So it depends what kind of person you are. If you want to learn and expand your thinking and succeed, you'll you'll you know you'll you'll reach heights never thought possible. Yeah. So let's let's talk now. We're now we're getting to something interesting. The ego. Uh, so what 
is ego a good or a bad thing or what's your opinion about the ego and can it help you or can it uh, could it be something bad i think it's fine as long as you're consciously aware of when it steps over the certain bounds you know because you you need the ego to uh be courageous and strong and bold but you don't want to cross the line of making assumptions on other people because of that so there is a bit of humbleness you have to have in this process here and willingness to be vulnerable and dive into the other person's world first before your own and that requires a little selfless thinking around that that way of doing things yeah it 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 gets me thinking about you know as a martial artist there's a story about a a master and everybody everybody comes to him to train and 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 oftentimes they're like oh you're the master you're so good you're so great and and all the time he he was just smiling he didn't say anything he's just smiling smiling and and one day one one of his students said like why are you smiling when everybody's saying you're you're the master it's like because i don't i don't think i'm the master i'm looking at all of you guys and see what i can learn and right. and i think that's such a good way at looking at life because we see that the the learners are the ones that are excelling in life yes correct so what are you what are you studying right now in order to learn learn more to share more uh well i i'm really just i i read a lot so i'm reading all the time uh i also do a lot of work in my what i call my laboratory where i have a group of private clients and meet with every single week and we really unpack the most complex situations in their business around scalability and selling and we really uh that's why i really get the big ahas from them that's why i invented the one call sale process from this group of people i work with and that's a new innovation that i'll be sharing soon but really like you said it comes from my students that's um I mean that's that's the funny thing with with life uh, if you're open so many things can actually come to you. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, what else is on the horizon here for you now in for this year in the end of this year and how how are you looking at business? I I know a lot of businesses are looking at like oh it's Q4 right now we got we got to you know push to to reach our goals and and like we got to get more deals we got to like it's all of that that we hear in a lot of boardrooms right now a lot of sales companies like what's your opinion about that and 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 how how can people that like what you're doing uh, do it your way and 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 get reap the rewards well we don't use those drivers to move things forward these external variables that somehow have meaning to it yeah. end of quarter you know end of year we just focus in on who our ideal client is and our ideal market we know what drives them we know their issues better than they do and when you can see past that see past the customer's problems and be able to articulate their issues more than they can it's never ending it's limitless what's possible to to be able to fish out opportunities whenever you want to there's a huge market out there it's and it's limitless but you'll struggle if you're promoting your services first and not the problem first yeah and uh, how how are you working with your clients are they working with goals how are they working with goal settings uh, because a lot of a lot of companies even though uh, this is is great and i'm all for it I, this is what i'm trying to do in my own business but 
how do you how do you keep the key performance indicators and looking at like where you are as far as your goals? Well, you can still be ambitious. You can still have goals. You don't give that up. But what you can't do is translate that pressure to the person you're talking to over the phone. And it happens all the time subconsciously. You know, the back of your voice is going, I need a sale. This looks really good. Oh, I'm moving forward. But you're not being 100% present with them. And they can feel that from you. They know it right away when you're not there. And that's the conscious awareness you have to become to build trust with people. Because if you're if you're not being present with them, then you're not building trust with them. And how, how do you do that though? Because this reminds me of martial arts because I know my best performances as a fighter was when I was completely let go and in the moment, not thinking about winning, not thinking about losing, not thinking about what's happening, only being here right now. And funny enough, the best, performances of my life, right? But as human beings, we still want to have goals. We still want to know that we reached and accomplished something. So how do you have those goals and forget about them when you're in the trenches and when you're doing the work? The simplest way I teach this is to create a metaphor in your mind. So the metaphor we teach is you're the doctor, you're a client and prospects the patient. Okay, how do doctors operate and how do they think? When you go to a doctor's office, they don't try and become your friend. They don't say, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you as well. So they don't try and build a fake relationship with you. They say to you, where does it hurt? And you explain your problem. You say your shoulder hurts. He said, let me take a look over here. Oh, oh, I think you get an x-ray right away to make sure we can see what the source of the problem is. Now their mindset is focused on the problem, you see? And that if you can think like that, that should help you make that switch pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. I love that. And uh, speaking of, of uh, doing that, I, I catch myself sometimes, you know, when I'm in flow, I'm doing that, but sometimes I get back to that you know, oh no, I, I, I really need this sale or I need really, and I know it's not the right thing to do, but it happens. And I, I'm probably not the only one. Uh, so can you just share a little bit of like, how do you, when that happens, how do you get back to acts of service again? Well, first you have to catch yourself and be aware of it because if you're not going through our training, you're unaware of it. It just happens. And it, it messes everything up with your behavior. But when we make you more aware of your own thoughts, your own self, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I feel like I'm not being present right now. You can actually self-correct. You can step back into the world again, ask them a deeper question about the problem. You can listen. You can even apologize to them. You can say things like, I just want to bother that. I, I think I've slipped out of being present moment here. Walk me through what you just said again. So it's about stepping into it, not hiding behind it and that takes you being courageous and being bold to close the own gap in your own self that's holding you back from your own success and uh, what else has as toby taught you uh, about life and about this process and 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 how how just to be a better human he's taught me to let go 
Let go of what's next. Let go of what happened yesterday. Just be here now. And when I'm with someone, I can listen. I'm not thinking about what I want out of this. I'm not thinking about a next step. I'm just really going deep into their world until they feel comfortable asking this question, which is, how can you help me? When I know we've got that point, I know I have deep trust. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And I think that there's so many, so many people that needs to hear this because I think it will create a less waste of time, first of all, working with ghosts, so to speak, or trying to, you know, help people that have a completely different need and also leaning in to the people that you can actually help and, and, and care about in, in all aspects of life. Yeah, absolutely. This, I hope this recording gets to millions of people because this will change the world. Thank you, Ari. I have. I just have a final question to you, and and that is, what do you want to say to to people listening around the world? They're they're a little bit stuck in their their goal or what they want to accomplish. What would be the first step to do right after this uh, podcast? Well, the big picture here is stop selling yourself. Instead, build trust with people. Now, to do that, I have an intro course they can get for free. You go to unlockthegame.com. There's a free intro course you can watch for an hour there and get a deeper sense of what this is about. And also, I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to me. That I have a show there once a month called Stump the Guru, <laughs> where you can jump in and ask me a live question, whatever you want. And I can help you there. Connect with me. Say hello. Let, let, let me know you, you met me here. I'm very accessible that way. And um, as long as you're willing to reach out for help, you'll be helped. Awesome. Thank you, Ari, and thank you, everybody that's uh, still here listening. Uh, in today's day and age, uh, an hour or 45 minutes is a long time, but I'm sure you have a lot of nuggets here to take into your own life just to you know, be more of service and being more authentic. And I, I think this message is very congruent with, with what I've heard with from Seth Godin, for example. It's like, just be you and, and, and truly be you, truly listen, truly care. Uh, it just makes life so much more enjoyable. If you enjoy the show, please share it with somebody that needs to hear this message. Check us out on YouTube. We're on iTunes. We're basically everywhere when you have podcasts. So check us out, subscribe, give us a review. As you know, I have a big, 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 bold mission and I can't do it myself. That's why I have people like Ari and that's why I really care about you that are listening. So Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next week.